Hello, I'm Richard Sargent, and this is Faith in Action, a new podcast to discuss how faith affects the way that we live and work today. Faith is often seen as a personal comfort and a private relationship with God, but the Church today is deeply involved in practical actions to alleviate poverty and to advocate for the powerless. For example, food banks, which served over a million meals last year. Mostly, these have a Christian foundation, Christian management, and work in partnership with local churches. It's a pleasure to be joined by Sarah Chapman, the co-founder of the Wandsworth Food Bank in London. We've come to talk about the importance of faith amid poverty. So Sarah, how big an issue is food poverty today? I think it's a very big issue for those who are currently experiencing it. In a kind of country as rich as ours, any family struggling to put food on the table is a real issue, it is a real problem and just shouldn't be happening. Is it getting worse? Stats would show that inequality in London is getting wider. I think in Wandsworth Borough, where we are, the gaps between the richest and poorest is very visible and tangible. In the years we've been open, from the first year to the second year, there was a 30% increase in the number of people we helped in a year. And we tended to help more people more often within that as well. So food poverty is kind of lasting longer for the families and situations are taking longer to be resolved, perhaps, than even the year previously. Are food banks the right answer? Don't food handouts create a a culture of dependence? I think food poverty is a reality and so it needs an action to try and resolve that. I feel very strongly that just giving out food is very, obviously, short-term necessary, but very short-term doesn't solve anything for that family or structurally where things are going wrong. So, for instance, at Wandsworth Food Bank and other food banks, we take our data and we make a food poverty report that we can then advocate on behalf of uh, our guests on the kind of triggers that have led them to food poverty to try and kind of well, encourage change where change would actually benefit people and see less people struggling in food poverty. Um, We also have a project, a partnership project with the local Citizens Advice Bureau. So we have our very own CAB advisor who helps our guests try and tackle tricky issues from benefits issues to debt, to housing, to um, she can refer on for immigration help. So that's great, having these sort of long-term solutions. So I think kind of speaking out about structural issues and injustices, practical help in helping people get the support to resolve issues, because at the end of the day, we want less people to need to come to the food bank. But I still think if there's a family who has no food in the cupboard and no chance of getting food that week, you just need to help them. It's just that simple. What has all this got to do with faith? Well, for me personally, I am very inspired by my faith, by the example of Jesus, by his going out of his way to be with people who were on the margins of society and all through the Bible, the constant, constant injunction to care for people who are poor, care for people struggling, care for people on the edges, to use what we have 
to bring justice and care for the poor is just an unavoidable fact to me. And also a great privilege and a great joy to try and use any gifts and skills I've got in that way. The majority of food banks in the UK seem to be set up and run by Christians through the church or associated with the church. Why do you think that is? Well, I think there's also lots of people who don't have a faith or have another faith who equally feel as passionate about tackling food poverty. And we have some amazing volunteers who are from other faiths or no faith. And, you know, a lot of them, it's just the sort of injustice of it. They're not being able to believe that people in our rich country are struggling in this way. But you're right that the majority of food banks in the UK are run by churches. And again, hopefully, I just think it's them reading their Bibles, hearing from God and just putting their faith into action. How has your work been inspired by your faith? Definitely trying to make choices in life guided by faith. I mean, a silly example is when my husband and I got married, we promised that we try never to make a big decision based on money, which is probably a luxurious thing to say. But it meant that when we were thinking, do we do this job or that job, we tried to think about it from other points of view. I definitely haven't always felt this strongly about poverty and how my life as a Christian should be deeply entwined with those of people who are struggling. You know, it's definitely been a growing thing and it's definitely been something that I kind of can see how I've come quite far and I've got a long way to go. What Jesus really wants is more than our money and it's brilliant to be generous with our money but it's as brilliant, possibly even more brilliant to also be generous with our time, with our homes, with our um, dining tables, with actually becoming friends with people who are struggling. I guess that's where I think the church can have a massive impact in that, you know, it's supposed to be a family and that family cares for people who are having a great time, having a bad time, have lots of money, have very little money. And yeah, that can make a big difference if we all were much more like Jesus calls us to be. It's a very good book. I don't know if you've read it, Make Poverty Personal by Ash Barker. He's a guy who up till a year or so ago, I think, was living, actually living in a squatter camp in Bangkok with his family and had a baby there and a toddler living in a shack. They were so inspiring in that they, their whole thing was, you know, it is tricky living like this sometimes and you do want stuff that you can't have because of the choices you've made. But it is worth it. And I think that's the that's the thing I would love me to understand more, but churches and Christians across our country to understand more that any sacrifice we make for Jesus is absolutely worth it. And I sort of think if I fully understand that, yeah, that could be revolutionary. The church occasionally gets criticised for being political. Do you think that faith will always be political and cannot be separated from those debates? 
Or do you think that often it is better to focus on the personal needs of the individuals, the food bank clients? I think that the Bible is very clear that we are called to speak up for people and against injustice, wherever that is. And if that's on a structural political level, then we need to be talking about that. It's, it's very important to help people personally, but long term, you've got to look at the kind of what's going on at a deep level. I think it was um, Desmond Tutu who said, when you fished enough people out of water, you've got to go up river and see why they're falling in. It's just a fact that in Wandsworth, nearly half of the people who are referred by care professionals, it is because of problems with benefit delivery, benefit change, benefit delay or sanctions. So it's not trying to make a party political point, but it is trying to reveal the truth and stand up for injustice where there is injustice. And if you were Prime Minister and had the ability to craft welfare policy, what would you do? Just off the top of my head. <laughs> Some of the particular things I think I'd change is things that affect our guests. Things like zero-hours contracts that are impossible to budget a families, anything on low pay. I think, you know, we have people who are working all hours, working two jobs, and it just doesn't keep pace with the rising cost of rent, food and fuel. And I think it's interesting with the backlash against the living wage. You know, a few companies are saying, well, that will be 10% of our profit. It's kind of like, well, that's fine then. You've still got 90% of your profit. And actually people may be able to feed their children now living in London on those wages. I think what I really object to, and I would do differently, is you see the kind of demonisation of poor people, of people who have a disability, people who have poor mental health, people who are just on a low income, people who didn't get far in their education, as if all of this is their fault and therefore we don't need to care. And I think it really adds to people's feelings of shame and guilt when they come to places like the food bank, why they often will cry at the food bank, or often talk about having walked up and down five times outside before they plucked up courage to come in, and why they, the most sort of common positive comment that people say is, it was great coming here because you didn't judge me. I think at the moment people are feeling a lot of negative judgment, a lot of stereotyping. I think that would be a good thing to avoid. What's the future for food banks in London? Well, the dream future is that we all close down and go and do something different because we're no longer needed. However, I'm not sure that's going to happen anytime soon. I think we would just want to get better at what we're doing. We want to get better at speaking out about the triggers that are driving people to the food banks. We want to get better at offering people all the support and signposting we can to help them resolve the crisis that have led them to the food bank and anything we can do to get them on a more even footing. So, for instance, this week we heard that one of our food bank guests who'd come to uh, the food bank at St Mark's and while he was there he, he was helped by a lovely volunteer called Peter who also volunteers at the job club in Putney 
which is in the same buildings as our food bank happens on another day and invited the guest to the job club so he went there and they had an hour together working out CV applying for some jobs and we just heard say that he's got to the second stage of an interview hopefully should hear in the next couple of days if he's got a job and that's all happened within two weeks and that's just coming in a crisis situation but being offered a longer term support and hopefully therefore he'll then be on his feet and not need to use our services but like we say to all our guests you're always welcome to come back for a cup of tea or coffee and quite a few of them do or actually when people are sort of back on their feet they'll bring food for other people as well and if anybody listening to this wanted to bring food or contribute, what's the best yeah. way that they can do that? Well, thank you. They could look on our website, wandsworth.foodbank.org.uk, and there's our most wanted food list, and they can drop that off at St Mark's Food Bank or our other centres when they're open, or they could do an online shop, or they're welcome to donate money that then we can just spend on what we most need. Sarah Chapman, thank you very much. Thank you.